All right, how we doing, Elevate? We doing good? Everybody good? Yeah. Hey, look at the person sitting next to you and tell them congratulations. Yep, congratulations. They woke up this morning, right? And congratulations, they get to sit by you. Congratulations. They are blessed. Hey, uh, if you don't know me, my name is Robert Andrews. I'm one of the pastors here at Elevate Church, and I'm glad you're joining us. feel like I hadn't preached in quite a while, uh, but didn't, the, uh, didn't the, the, the pastors we have come in and preach? Didn't they do a great job? If this is your first time joining us, you're like, I, I guess, yeah, they did a great job. They did a great job. I'm so, so appreciative of Pastor Todd and uh, Pastor Beaver and then also Pastor John, uh, who's one of our, our overseers. Uh, but again, uh, it's good to be back. And so today we're wrapping up our summer school series. And summer school, at least in the school district, really is uh, it's for people uh, it's for people who might not have got everything during the school year. You go back over and you cover some of the stuff that people might have missed. And so as we wrap up our series, I want to go back and I want us to look at a verse that we've already looked at. I want us to look at a verse that we looked at in April, and it's found in 2 Chronicles chapter 7. It's verse 14. We talked about this verse for an entire Sunday, but again, we just missed uh, so much. So I want us to look at it and let's dive in and see what God's word says. Here's what God says. This is God speaking. And he says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their Land. So let me just start off by asking this. How many of you want to know that God hears you? You want to know that God hears you? All right, I, I want to know that God hears me. How many of y'all just want to know when people, you know, when you're talking to somebody that they're listening to you, right? Uh, how many of y'all got a child? I, I, how many of y'all own a kid? You own one, you picked up one of those? I got three of them. And sometimes I feel like I'm talking to them, but they don't hear what I'm saying. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Lawson Cruz this past week, I told him, you know, the grass needed to be cut. And I didn't want to go out there and cut the grass because it was too hot. I said, Lawson, go out there and cut the grass. And he just looked up at me and he put his eyebrows down. And then he pointed his finger at me. No, no, daddy, no, no. So he's entering into those terrible twos. Uh, y'all pray for us. But, I mean, I was talking to him and it was like he just wasn't listening. Well, how many of y'all have ever felt like that with God? You felt like you were talking to him and he just wasn't listening. Okay, well, we want God really to Hear us. What, what, about, what about this? How many of you want your sins to be forgiven? You want your sins to be forgiven? If you're not raising your hand, that, that's bad news. Because if you don't let Jesus pay for your sins right now, you'll be paying for your sins for the rest of eternity. So I want my sins to be forgiven. I want to be set free from sin. You want to be set free from sin. What about this? How many of you want to be healed? Maybe you don't have a physical ailment that's going on, but you want the relationships in your life to be healed. You want your home to be healed. You want your car to be healed. Some of y'all are like, yes, pastor, right now my AC's out, my kitchen, I want it to be fixed. I want the Lord to take care of it. We want, we want things to be healed. We all want those things. Those are things that have value to us in our life, to be heard by God, to be forgiven of our sins and actually to be healed. And so how many of y'all know what this is? Y'all know what these are? Keys. Some of y'all are like, I don't know what that is. These are keys. How many of y'all know like what this specifically is? This is a, this is a key fob. Yeah, some people are like, it's a remote. It's a key fob. That's what it's actually called. Technical term. It's a key fob. So this is actually my truck key. This will get me in and out of my truck. And so even if this battery goes dead in this key fob, guess what's inside of this key fob? There's an actual key, a physical key. I can take the key out and still get in 
to my truck. This is a key. It gives me access to my truck. What about this? How many of y'all know what this is? This little square right here. This, this is a gym membership key. How many of y'all got one of those? Gym membership key? Yeah, I know. This is mine right here. I know y'all look at my body every Sunday. Y'all like it looks like it was sculpted out of the pages of Greek mythology, right? Uh, well, that's real sweet of y'all to think, but this takes work. You know what I mean? It takes work. And so uh, this is my gym membership. And so I actually got a picture of me putting in some work at the gym with a couple of our church members. Y'all see, y'all can't tell. In the, they, these guys got heavyweight. I'm just working on my form. You know what I'm saying? Because that's important, right? Why are you laughing? That's not funny. It's really important. It's working on my form. That's what I'm working on. But this little bitty square key right here gives me access to the gym. It gives me access to a swimming pool. It gives me access to a basketball court. It gives me access to ellipticals, to treadmills, to weights. All this expensive equipment, this key right here, gets me in there. Uh, what is, I don't, there's a couple keys on here. I don't know what does. Anybody y'all got some of those on your key? I'm afraid to throw them away because I might need them one day. But this one right here, this is my house key. How many of y'all got one of those? You better not have no key to my house. But you got a house key, right? Yeah, a lot of people got a house key. What's crazy about a house key is that you can go to Home Depot and you can get a key made for like a dollar, right? A dollar key, this little video key will give you access to your home, no matter what your home's value is. If it's a $25,000 home, a $50,000 home, a $100,000 home, a $150,000 home, or a $200,000 home, or a million dollar house home, uh, you know what I mean? This key right here, your key will give you access to it. Keys are what give us access to things of value. And what we said a little while ago is that we all want to be heard by God. We all want to be forgiven of our sin. We all want our land to be healed. Well, this little verse in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 is the key that unlocks all of that in your life. It's the key that unlocks this in my life. And so I want you to look at this verse one more time. This is the key. Look at what God says. He says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Again, as the people of God, God has given us the key to unlock everything that we want in life. And so we looked at this verse again back in April, but we really only focused on one thing that we're supposed to do. We missed so much. So I want us to go over the rest of what God tells us to do so that we can have this key, so that we can unlock these things in our life. If you're keeping notes, you want to write anything down, the first thing that I want to point out to you that this verse tells us to do is that we need to pray, right? Prayer is what is going to unlock what you truly want. Look at 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 again. The Bible says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves in what? Pray. Pray. MC Hammer said, We got to pray just to make it today. We got to pray. Yeah, some of y'all like, I don't know nothing about no MC Hammer, man. Where were y'all in the 90s, right? But we got to pray. MC Hammer tells us to pray. God tells us to pray. The problem is we just don't pray. We don't. Seriously, how well do you pray? I know in my own life it's, it's, it's hard. And I used to think when I was younger, I used to think that people who prayed all the time and I would see them praying, I used to think they were weird. I didn't really want to stand by them. If we ever went somewhere uh, as a group and somebody was calling to pray, I didn't want to be like real close. I was afraid it's going to get off on me. Anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? And so, so I would look at those people who were praying as if they were 
weird. Well, I'm so blessed today that I'm the person now that people call on to pray. The pastor's here. We'll let him pray. I'm that weird person now that everybody's going, they're looking at me like that, right? I mean, but, but again, but again, I used to think praying was weird. Well, what's awesome about this verse in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 is I want you to see it. Don't miss this. God says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. It doesn't say if the pastor will pray. It doesn't say if the preacher will pray. God says, if my people will pray. If you are part of the people of God, God wants you to be praying. You don't have to be a professional to pray. You just have to be a participant. God wants you participating in prayer. And what's awesome about this is that God wants to be your God. He does. He doesn't want you praying to some random God. He wants you to pray to Him because you are His people. I like to think about it like this. I got this picture right here. Uh, this is a picture that was on my refrigerator that Sadie Kate drew. Okay, Sadie Kate, she's eight years old. She drew this. But then you see the color mark? I did that. Just kidding. Uh, Lawson, my 22-year-old, my 22-month-old, that'd be what? <laughs> Please, Lord, slow down. Uh, my 22-month, 23-month-old, he colored that. So after Sadie drew this and after Lawson colored it, Sadie is so excited. And she brings this picture in and she's like, look what we did, Daddy! Look what we did, Daddy! And isn't that the most beautiful picture y'all ever seen? Isn't it pretty? It's pretty, right? But what if I was to tell y'all, well, actually, Sadie didn't draw that. And what if I was to say, actually, Lawson didn't color that? What if I was really to tell y'all that I did that? Would that change the way that you, you'd be like, that, I mean, it's good, good job, Robert, right? That's, a, that's what y'all be like, right? Actually, it, maybe, maybe even if I really did draw that, I might not want to put my name on it, right? Have you, ever, have you ever been in a situation where you didn't want to put your name on something? You didn't want to tell somebody you had done something? You didn't want to claim something? I remember in high school, true story, I made an eight on a test. An eight, an eight, not an A-D, an eight. I started the test and I was like, okay, I know my name. I can write that down. I wrote my name down. And then as we kept going, I don't know this question. I don't know this question. I don't know this question. And I turned that thing in, dreading it. And when I got it back, it was an eight. Let me tell you what I didn't do. I didn't go home and say, mom, look what I, let's put this on the refrigerator. Look what I did. My mom would have beat me in my mom like that, right? Man, I, I didn't want to put my name own that. And again, there are times in our life where we don't want to claim what we have done, where we don't want to claim what we have made. But God is not like that when it comes to you. God wants to put his name on you. God wants to say, he wants to hold you up and say that you are his. You are his people. I am his. He wants to say, you are mine. And so he says, if my people will pray, he wants to be your God. So we need to pray God's healing, being forgiven for our sin and our land being healed. It's all contingent upon us praying. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, look at what Jesus says. Jesus says, and when you what? When you pray. Jesus right there seems to indicate that you and I are supposed to to pray. We're supposed to pray. So you say, I don't have time to pray. Look, you need to get up early and pray. You need to stay up late and pray. You need to be in a constant state of prayer all day, every day. You need to pray without ceasing. Jesus says, when you pray, and look what else he goes on to say, don't be like the hypocrites, 
For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them, Jesus says. Watch what he says. Look at this. This is what I want you to see. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. Here's what's crazy, is that God is omniscient. You say, what does that mean? It means that God is all-knowing. He knows everything about everything. I mean, he's who you'd want to call if you were ever on that, who wants to be a millionaire. You know what I mean? He, he knows it all. Not only does he know it all, but he knows all possibilities of all possible scenarios. He knows what will happen to you today if you go right on the road when you get out of here. He knows what will happen to you today if you go left. He just knows everything. And Jesus says that God knows what you need before you ask him. So that means that God knows what you need and he knows what you're going to say before you even say it. And so I don't know why, but in my mind, I think, well, if God knows everything, if God knows what I need, and if God knows what I'm going to say, why should I even say it at all? Some people wonder, why should I even say anything at all? Well, the answer is really simple. See, even though God knows what you need, and even though God knows what you are going to say, the reason why he wants you to pray is because he still wants to have a relationship with us. He does. Do you see that? He says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. I think one of the reasons why it's so hard for a lot of people to actually do this and to pray is because of the poor job that so many fathers do raising their children in this world. See, this might not describe your dad, but I know it describes a lot of kids' fathers. Dads come home from work, and you know what they do? They get in the recliner. They get in the recliner, and they just, they're just too busy. They don't have time for their children. They don't want to be bothered. They don't want to be bothered. And so they've got kids have so many, the kids have a father that's just way too, too, too busy. And so for so many kids, what happens is they begin to think that, that, they're, that God is just like that. I mean, they, they know God's not lazy, but he's so busy taking care of the world that he probably doesn't want to be bothered by my problems. But that's not how God is. I'm telling you, God wants you to pray because he wants to spend time with me and because he wants to spend time with you. He wants to spend time with us. And one of the ways that you can spend time with God is by praying. So if you really want to unlock what you want in your life, you need to pray. The second thing that I want you to see, if you're keeping notes, you want to write it down, is you need to seek God's face. You need to seek God's face. Again, look at 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Here's what the Bible says. God says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and what? Seek my face. Now here's the deal. Each and every person in this room, each and every person that lives on planet earth is a professional seeker. I'm serious. We're all good at seeking things. We're all good at hustling and grinding and trying to get what we want in life. We are professional seekers. 
And a lot of people, how many of y'all like music? You like music? I love music. I love a wide variety of music. I've been on this kick here lately, listening to the greatest hits of the 80s. Anybody like the 80s music? Yeah, yeah, and that's not all I listen to. I like music that's even older than that. Like, there's a song that came out in 1965, and when it came out, man, it shook the world. People, man, they love this song, they loved it so much that even 50 years later, a lot of the people in this room, you're going to know this song. It was written by the Rolling Stones, sung by the Rolling Stones, and Mick Jagger, you know what he came out and he said, I can't get no facts, and I try, and I try, and I try, right? Y'all know that, I can't get no, y'all, man. I mean, we know that song. That song resonated with so many people in our world. Why? Because that's the heart of humanity. We're all searching. We're all seeking. And we're desiring satisfaction. We chase it. But so many people, just like Mick Jagger, you know what? They say, I just can't find it. A little over 20 years later, man, there was a band that released an album that really solidified them as one of the greatest rock bands of all time. The name of the album was Joshua Tree. It was 1987, and it was U2. And U2 had a song on that, on that record, on that album, man, that just really, really, really resonated with people. Bono said, I have climbed highest mountain. Yeah, let's go ahead and say, where's Pastor Beaver at? Why am I not in the praise tent, right? You too. Who? Psh, psh, you, you, yeah, right, right. But he goes on to say all these things that he's done. I have crawled through the fields. He's, he says, I've, I've, I've done all these things. But then you know what he says over and over and over and over again in the chorus? I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. That song, again, it just struck a chord with so many people. Why? It's because we're all seekers. And just like Bono, so many of us still haven't found what we're looking for. We're looking for satisfaction in our jobs. We're looking for satisfaction in our careers. We're looking for satisfaction in all these other relationships. We're looking for satisfaction a lot of times in things that we don't have any business looking for satisfaction in. And just like Bono, we think, why haven't I found what I'm looking for? Why is that? It's because all too often, again, we're seeking the wrong thing. What is it that you are after today? What is it that you're really seeking? Because the truth is, each and every one of us are seeking and chasing something. What is it? Solomon, a man who had everything this world has to offer. Solomon, a man who wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. I mean, he had more wealth than you and I really can imagine. I want you to see what the Bible says about his his wealth in 2 Chronicles chapter 9. Here's what it says about Solomon's wealth. The Bible says this, the weight of the gold that Solomon received yearly was 666 talents, not including the revenues brought in by merchants and traders. Also, all the kings of Arabia and the governors of the territories brought gold and silver to Solomon. King Solomon made 200 long, large shields of hammered gold. 600 shekels of hammered gold went into each shield. He also made 300 small shields of hammered gold with 300 shekels of gold in each shield. The king put them in the palace of the force of Lebanon. 
Then the king made a great throne covered with ivory and overlaid with pure gold. The throne had six steps and a footstool of gold was attached to it. On both sides of the seat were armrests with a lion standing beside each of them. Twelve lions stood on the six steps, one at each other end of each step. Nothing like it had ever been made for any other kingdom. All of King, so- uh, King Solomon's goblets were gold, and all his household articles in the palace of the forest of Lebanon were pure gold. Nothing was made of silver because silver was considered of little value in Solomon's day. Silver what? Had no value. How many of y'all be like, Simon, let me hold a couple, couple pounds of silver for you, bro. Uh, that's what I'd be. But the king had a fleet of trading ships manned by Hiram's servants. Once every three years it returned carrying gold, silver, and ivory, and apes and baboons. Solomon had it all. All the gold. He had everything. He had apes. He had baboons. Some verses in the Bible tell us that he had peacocks. He had everything. Solomon even had, had women, man. He had a thousand different women. The Bible says he had 700 wives and 300 concubines. Man, man, can you imagine having that many mother-in-laws? Man, mess me up. He would, but he had everything. And over and over and over again in the book of Ecclesiastes, you know what he said? He said it's meaningless. It's a chasing after the wind. Solomon had everything the world had to offer, but he could not find satisfaction. He could not find what he was looking for. There was nothing under the sun that would truly satisfy. And I'm telling you today that there is nothing under the sun that will truly satisfy you. And do you know why? It's because you weren't made for anything under this sun. You were made for God. And only God will satisfy Jesus really tries to put things into perspective for us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, when he says this, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given unto you as well. See, I know you want a good marriage. I know you want a good job. I know you want a 1993 Ford Mustang Cobra. I know you want your son to be the next Hall of Famer in the major league, but you know what? None of that stuff will satisfy you. You are supposed to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Why? Because that's what will truly satisfy. Is that what you're seeking? Are you seeking God's face? Am I seeking God's face? In Romans chapter 3, there's some real sad words. There's a real sad verse that's given to us. In Romans chapter 3, the apostle Paul is actually quoting the Old Testament. In verse 11, look at what he says. He says, there is no one who understands, and there is no one who seeks God. Is that verse true of you? Is it true of me? If we were to ask God his opinion, if we were to ask God, do you think that I'm seeking your face? What would his response be? Again, if we want to be set free, and we want to be forgiven of our sin, and we want our land to be healed, We have to humble ourselves. We've got to pray. We've got to seek God's face. And then there's one more thing that we need to do. If you're keeping notes, you want to write it down. The Bible says we need to turn from our wicked ways. We need to turn from our wicked ways. Again, it's very clear. 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14. God says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. We pray. 
We seek Him first, and we turn from our wicked ways. Now, how many of you like to travel today? You like to travel, like to go places? One of y'all, okay, we were going to give away a free trip, but nobody wanted one. All right, so how many of y'all like to travel? Let's be honest, okay? I like to travel. I like to go anywhere as long as I can be home by the end of the night and sleep in my own bed. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That's right. That's how I am. But let's just hypothetically say you could go anywhere in America, anywhere in America. I wonder where you would go. Some of y'all might say, well, man, I sure love Disney. I want to go down there to Disney, Disney where I want to ride all them rides. Anybody, that sounds like a trip for you? Okay, I mean, you want to go ride some rides? Some of you are like, oh, I don't want to go there. It's hot. Uh, but, in, but what about this? Maybe you say, hey, I want, to go, I want to go to the mountains. You like to see mountains. You like to do that. Maybe y'all like, hey, I'm t- you know, I, you like looking at canyons and the potholes in Jackson just aren't good enough. So you want to go to the Grand Canyon, right? Check that out. I don't know where you would want to go if you could go anywhere in America. But let's just hypothetically say that you wanted to go to Texas, okay? Just, just follow me. You're like, why would I want to go there? Just follow me, okay? You want to go to Texas, not just Texas, but Paris Texas, because they've got all those nice attractions for you to see, like the Eiffel Tower. How many of y'all know Paris, Texas has the Eiffel Tower? Got a picture of it for you right here. Uh, there it is. Got a cowboy hat on. That's a real thing in Texas. Me and Amanda almost went to a church in Paris, Texas years and years and years ago. Uh, but, but anyway, so let's just hypothetically say you wanted to go to Texas. Well, if I was to tell you, hey, here's how you get to Texas. You get to Texas by going north. You know what? You would never get to Texas by going north. How many of y'all know that? I mean, y'all know what a map looks like, right? If you want to go to Texas, where do you go? West, right? You can't get to Texas by going north. You have to go west if you want to get to Texas. And listen to me. If you really want to seek God, you can't seek God while you are turned to wicked ways. If you want to seek God, you've got to turn from wicked ways, And the problem for so many people is that instead of turning to God, they've decided to turn to wicked things for peace and for comfort. So many people turn to alcohol instead of turning to God. So many people turn to drugs instead of turning to God. So many people turn to all sorts of other forms of addictions and relationships that they don't need to be a part of. They turn to wicked ways because they think that's going to bring them comfort. See, how many of y'all know it's summertime outside? It is. This is our summer series. Summer time, it is. And so what that means is that the mosquitoes and that the flies and that the gnats, all those flying bugs, they're, they're taking over. They, they really are. And so how many of y'all have ever heard of that amazing product called the Bug Zapper? You ever seen one of those? Yeah, we got a picture of it. How many of y'all got one? Man, I remember when I was a kid, the first time seeing that, man, it was like the coolest thing, watching those bugs flying. That. But so y'all know what happens right here, right? This is a light that lights up in the middle of the night, and bugs, they just can't help but, but, but gravitate to it, right? They're drawn to it just, just naturally. What happens is, you know, all the bugs are hanging out, you know, and old Frank the Fly and Bubba the Moth, they're just talking, they're just flying around, that light comes on. And Frank the Fly says, man, have you seen that light over there? That light looks good. And Frank the Fly says, I'm about to go check that light out. He's flying over there, and he's getting closer and closer and closer. And old Bubba the Moth is just watching this happen. He's just watching it. And the Frank the Fly flies over there. He gets closer and closer and closer. Zap! Right? Anybody ever seen it happen? You see it happen? Right? And you know what Bubba the Moth says? You know what he should say? He should tell all his other buddies, hey, y'all don't need to go near that light. That thing will kill you. It will get you, man. I saw Frank the Fly. He's gone. He disappeared. He should say that. But what Bubba the Moth says is, you know what? Frank the Fly couldn't handle it. It'll be different for me. I can handle it. I can do it. I can handle it. And so Bubba the Moth flies closer. I can do it. It's going to be different for me. He flies closer. He gets closer and closer. Bam! 
right? Zap. It, it gets him too. It's just like that. Listen to me. The wicked ways that so many of us are following, they're just like that. They're just like that. It's not going to end well. And what's crazy is that so many of us have seen people turn to those wicked ways and we've seen it wreck their life. We've seen it ruin their life and we think somehow it'll be different for us. It'll be different for me. I can handle it. It'll be different for me. Folks, God is trying to save you a lot of heartache. God is trying to save me a lot of pain. And so he says, turn from your wicked ways. And when we turn from our wicked ways, it's so much easier for us to turn to God. Is there something in your life right now that you need to turn from? Is there something that God would look at in your life and say, yeah, that's not going to end well? Is there something you need to get rid of? See, I'm wrapping up. But this message, again, is about us getting what we truly want. What we all said we wanted deep down was that we want to know that God hears us. We want to know that our sins are forgiven. And we want God to heal our land. We want God to heal what we have. Well, I want you to see our main verse one more time. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. God says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. The trouble with this verse right here is that it doesn't just say do one of these. It doesn't just say humble yourself and God will hear you, God will forgive you, and God will heal your land. It doesn't just say pray and God will hear you and God will forgive your sin and God will heal your land. It doesn't just say, hey, if you'll seek God, God will hear you, God will forgive you, and God will heal your land. It doesn't just say if you turn from your wicked ways. God will hear you, God will forgive you, and God will heal your land. It doesn't say just do one of those things. You know what it says do? It says do all. God says his people need to do all four of these things. My question is, are you doing these things? Am I doing these things? Are we doing these things? If not, today is the day that we need to start. Today is the day that we need to get things right because this is the key that unlocks what we all really want. See, the truth is your future, my future, and the future of this church is full of possibility if we do these things. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I don't know where you're at in your spiritual life, but I wonder today if maybe there's somebody who's here and you are a Christian, but you'd say, you know what, Robert, I just hadn't been praying the way that I need to. Robert, would you pray for me? If that's you, you know you need to pray more. You need to be a better prayer. If you just raise your hand, amen, a lot of hands. What about this? Maybe, again, you're here, you're a Christian, and you know that you've just kind of put your relationship with God on the back burner. You haven't really been seeking his face the way that you need to. You'd say, Robert, pray for me. Pray for me that I would do that. Just raise your hand. Amen. A lot of hands. 
Maybe you're here today and you are a Christian as well. And there's some wicked ways that you need to turn from. Could be pride. Could be something else. But you'd say, Robert, would you just pray that I would be courageous and that I would turn from this? If that's you, would you just lift your hand up as well? Amen. Amen. Father, I want to pray for these who have raised their hands today, indicating that there's some work that they need to do in their relationship with you. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would enable them, empower them to do what it is that you want them to. Father, I pray that same prayer for me because I know you're not finished with me. I know you're not done. As we continue to pray, our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. But I wonder today, too, if there's somebody here and you don't know God. And you know today that you need to be saved. You know today that in order for you to really unlock what you want and what you need in your life is for you to surrender to God and you to give Him your heart. If you'd say, Pastor, that's me, I'm going to ask that you just pray. Father, would you forgive me for all of my sin? Father, today, I need to be made new. I don't need to be a better version of the old me. I need to be made completely new. And your word says that if anybody is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. So today, Father, I confess Christ as Lord. You are my Savior. Help me to live for you all the days of my life. Again, our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. But if you prayed to receive Christ today, you prayed to give your heart to him, would you do me a favor and just lift your hands so that I can know that God is moving? Amen. 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 God is so good. God, we celebrate new life today. We celebrate the fact that you love us, Father, and you love us so much that you want to change us, Father. You want to mold us into the image of your Son. So, Father, today I'm so grateful that you love me, that you sent Jesus to die for me, but not just me, each and every person in this room and each and every person in this world. So I pray today that we'll know that we've been with you. And Father, I pray today that you would just continue to bless us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.